Welcome to the In the Light Ministries of Philadelphia Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast, resources, and other ways to get connected, please visit inthelight.church. So here's a little bit of perspective I would like to share with you. Um, some of us already know that um, the word corona in Spanish means crown. It's actually a feminine noun, this word crown, a feminine noun. It's, it's a crown. And so there is a thinking that, you're try, that is trying to crown you in the midst of what's happening. It is, it is looking to crown you. It's, it is, it's, it's wanting to, it wants your perspective to be altered to its understanding of what's happening now. So Spanish for crown, there's a, there's a uh, hopefully today we're going to be decrowned off of any crown that's put on your head, a crown of fear and all that other stuff that's been put on us. And pandemic is an interesting word, the word pan, and, and it's just panic with a dem in the middle. I, I just like to kind of throw it out to you, this little demon in the midst of panic that's happening right now. And it's causing widespread panic all throughout. And the virus is not the most dangerous thing. If you really do the statistics and you look at it and you look at where it's kind of been um, really uh, maybe gotten out of hand or there's a lot of deaths, those are in places where their, their health system is not the same and, and the casualties. And, and, and it's all the stuff that you can kind of look into yourself as to who is more susceptible to not recovering versus the many, almost 80% of people recover, the many recoveries that are taking place as a, as a result of contracting this virus. But it's not the most dangerous thing that's happening right now. This virus is not the most dangerous thing. We've already mentioned it several times. It's the spirit of fear. It's the spirit of fear that's been released out into the world, and it's showing what people are not crowned with because they are being crowned with this spirit of fear, and it's causing places to shut down. Again, there's various reasons, and there's understanding as to these places shutting down. Uh, workplaces are being shut down, uh, and our hearts go out to the people that may be presently in a, a situation where you can't go back to work because they just shut it down. Education systems are being shut down. We know that um, even, even uh, sports arenas and all, the, all those other things are being shut down. Now, I would have been really feisty if it was during the NFL season, but um, it's like, yeah, it's all right. Watch it on TV anyway. Anyway, I'm just kidding. I mean, it's causing a lot of, there's, there's financial and economic up, upheaval and different things like that. You saw the stock market, it plunged, and, and it was what it was for people who invest, and uh, it's going back up now. But it's been, this, this virus is acting as a weapon of fear. It's acting as a weapon of fear that is bent on, and watch this. This is, this is so critical because, and this is why we wanted I was, it was so important that I felt like, man, if we can just gather together. It's bent on, this weapon of fear is bent on distancing ourselves from gathering. It's, it's looking to prevent us, and they're using words like social dis distancing. And I don't know about you, but if you study your word for a little bit, you understand that there's only things that can happen when you gather. And the spirit of fear that will cause division or scattering or us to isolate ourselves, it's fear 
that's doing this very thing. So it's a weapon. In, in Psalms, there's scripture, I'm sure you guys can read, and, and hopefully you're encouraged by scriptures like Psalms 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. The nations are in chaos in verse 6, and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders, and the earth melts. Be still, verse 10, and know that I am God, and I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. I am looking so forward to the fame of God being, being broadcast across the streams because a people came together and didn't let the voice of fear be the fear that muzzles them and keeps them from gathering. But the voice of faith was a lot louder and stronger in them that caused them to be the antidote. I believe God wants to give us the antidote today. I don't know about you. I believe he wants to give us the antidote. That, that is so important that we gather, that we discover what that would look like in our prayer, and in our voice being heard. Psalms 91, it's just a great one to go to. If, if you're in a 911 situation, if you're in an emergency situation, just dial up Psalms 911. And you can read it for yourself. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of Almighty. This I declare to about my Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust in him. For he will protect you from every trap and protect you from deadly diseases. Is this word, is, is, I don't know what word that, like, you listen to, but when I, there's a word that, that supersedes any word that comes out there from any man. When I look at this, it's like, okay, I got my antidote. And so it says, it says this, uh, that he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, those evils will not touch you. I don't know if you got the word or you got the blood or got the spirit. If you got any of those things, you should get excited about something. I can understand you're not clapping because you have none of those things. But when you have all of those things, there's something about that that just gets you, gets you excited and needs to say something. It says, no evil, if you will make the Lord your refuge, if you will make the most high your shelter. No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and corporals. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer, answer, I will be with them in trouble, I will rescue and honor them, I will reward them with long life and give them salvation. There is power whenever there's corporate unity. It is essential that there's some way that we find to gather. This is the year in the Hebrew calendar called Pei. It's the year of the open mouth. It is the year of the open mouth. It's the year where it says wisdom will proceed from the mouth. And also there's a time to zip it when the, the, the wisdom won't come forth. So it's actually zip it and actually speak it. This is the year of the open mouth. Isn't it 
interesting that a lot of people are walking around with masks over their mouth. It's the year of the open mouth. It would, it would be like the enemy. That would have us so chaotic that we, would, that we would get toilet paper instead of other things that can help and put a mask over our mouth, that, which really actually spreads the disease and causes it more contamination. Just your, your, your breath is hitting you. If you're already contaminated, contaminate it. And this was also the year, the word of uh, the year for us was Second Chronicles 20. I'm just revealing some stuff because I think it's important that this year was believe the prophet and you will, you will succeed. Believe and trust God and you will be established. So this, is, this was the news that you were given at the beginning of the year so that you would be able to translate what happens during the year, that you would be able to navigate the difficulty and the challenges and the enemies that come up around us. That's why Jesus would often say to the religious people, he's like, though they have ears, they don't hear. Have you just been religious coming to church? Though they have eyes, they don't see. Have you been religious that you haven't even seen this? Has this not been obvious to you? So it's, it's the year, uh, uh, the word of the year for us was the, in Second uh, Chronicles 20, the, throughout the whole chapter, when there was armies and kings, a bunch of people with crowns, if you will, it was kind of the coronavirus for them, <laughs> a bunch of crowns surrounding them, a bunch of kings surrounding them, looking to take them out, the King Jehoshaphat. What did he declare? He declared a fast. He declared a fast. And what did he do? He said, let's gather the people together. And he gathered the people together. He didn't let the enemy cause them to scatter. It's like, no, 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 we got to get together. Because this is what the enemy wants. He wants us to be scattered. He, us, he doesn't want us to get the corporate mind of God together. He doesn't want the prophet to speak. He doesn't want us to press in. He wants to scatter us. And yet they didn't let the enemy cause them to scatter. They came together and they gathered, it says. And he called for a fast. In other words, zip your mouth. Zip your mouth, close your mouth to those things that might be your appetite, your natural appetite, and open your ears and your mouth so that you can receive the word of God and you can release a cry that God hears. And so, so this is where they're at in this, in this moment. The, in, in, and you, you see in this moment we have the privilege of looking at this like from a historic standpoint. Right, right? We, we can look back on this and we can look how the people were interacting. They didn't know how their actions would provoke this. We have scenarios all throughout the scripture where God's people face the same type of stuff, same type of situation. I like how uh, one of the bishops said it. There's nothing that is being reported in the news that isn't in the word. I mean, just read in Matthew 24. It just talks about the pestilence and the, and the famine and the earthquakes and, and all those things that happen. It says, but the time is, that, that these are the times where things are coming to a closure, but this, the end has not come yet. But it just talks about those things, right? And so here, here they're, we're looking at how they're interacting, and it's, could use, it's used for us, or we could use it as a template. Now we can look at it. We can look at it like this is a template. This is what did the people God, of God do in moments like that? What were they reading, right? What were they reading that they had a reference point? To this stuff, and yet we have the word. We have, we see the strong arm of God. We see the deliverance of God. We see them face, whether it's giants or lions or, or any types of the, the, the enemies around them, the disease, they can, all those things that take place. And we can look at those things and we can see how God comes through. And we can use this as a strategy. I believe God speaks before He puts us in a situation.
So he, he declares a fast, and King Jehoshaphat cries out. To, he opens his mouth. He doesn't muzzle it. He doesn't put a mask on it. He cries out to God in those moments. He doesn't isolate himself and stay in his castle and say, everybody's going to have to fend for themselves. They come together, and they open their mouth, and they cry out to God. And as the people are praising and crying out to God, then the prophetic voice the, the prophet, he opens his mouth and declares what God's going to do ahead of time. He declares that, that God's going to fight this battle. This is how I fight my... God's going to fight this battle. That God, you, that he has this, that we don't have to do anything but trust in him. And as a result, the people of God, it wasn't like the enemy was defeated as soon as the prophet said it. It was the people that needed to receive it and, say, and do something with that word. And the people, what they do? They didn't muzzle their mouth like, yeah, that's a great prophetic word in church today that we heard. And, and that's, that, that's all good. We'll see. We'll praise when it happens. They praised as it was spoken. As the word was spoken, they said, that's it. We've got the strategy. We've got the understanding. We know God is with us. And they opened their mouths and they lifted up a praise. I believe that praise was a weapon. And there are weapons that we have our disposal that the world does not even know about. The world doesn't even know how to practice these things. They're looking for the antidote through science and all those other things. Praise God. We pray that that does come. But we have an antidote ahead of time. There's, an, there's a weapon in fasting. There's a weapon in fasting. There's a weapon in our praise. There's a weapon in our prayers. We have weapons at our disposal. And what's awesome is that we get an opportunity to use it when it's most needed. And there's not many options, too, which makes it good because sometimes we have so many options. Some of us nowadays, we don't even pray when we get sick because we have all these other things that heal it. But what happens when something shows up? That does, there's no antidote. Now we're looking at God. We should have been looking at God when we had that headache. We should have been looking at God whenever those other things. We still, God should be our first option, but sometimes he's our last option. And, and usually he's our Oh, when he's only our only option is when we do what she would be doing in the first place. Aren't you glad you came to church today? So here we go. Let me, let me just give you something here. Let me give you something here because I, wa I want to prepare us for the days to come, all right? So just an overall strategy that I want to encourage, and then I do have a word that I want to give. This is just me talking to you. Uh, so the overall strategy I want to give you real quick just so that you're we're on the same page, and you can let other people know this. If you could put that up, the slide, uh, is I want to encourage you to begin to fast and to pray. Because fasting and praying is our weapon. Whether that's one meal a day or whatever, you know, usually people say, because of dietary things, I can't do this or that. Well, there's a big, bad virus going around. And there's a way that you don't need that toilet paper. There you go. The church is like, so what? Steal the toilet paper. Fight over the toilet paper. I'm fasting. I'm good. <laughs> anyway. I'm serious, too. So fasting and praying. Um, one of the things I want to mention, too, and encourage you to do, and it just came to me while we were worshiping, is daily communion. I would encourage you on a daily basis to partake in communion. Invite God into your home. Invite God and just take time to pray and just receive 
his body, receive his sacrifice that he's uh, given you through his blood, and receive that through communion. I encourage you to do that in your homes. Uh, fathers, if your father's here, lead your family in a time of communion. Take time to take communion throughout this, uh, throughout this time, a daily communion. And then uh, I want to encourage you, uh, I want to encourage that we increase our gatherings. So I, I think uh, coming up, we're going to be having our small groups, our circles, and so that's going to be a time to do that. Um, find ways to connect and be, to be praying together and to hearing God together. There's also technology that you can use via Zoom call, via whatever you want to do. So increase. What's important is that we're communicating and we're praying and we're collectively doing that together. All right? So, like, I'm not saying if people are sick or this or that, but we have to be intentional about connecting and gathering. So I just want to share that. And then uh, the third thing is I want to encourage us as a church, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on, more specifically on community outreach, what we can do as not only a voice of faith, but kind of the hands and feet of faith and do stuff for our community. And I have some, um, suge some suggestions and thoughts of how we can potentially do that. Uh, I'll share that a little later. So that's the overall strategy, fasting and praying. Let that be our weapon. Let's increase our, our gatherings. What that looks like is it, it looks like a, a variety of different things, but it's intentional connecting and communication via tech, via phone, via text, whatever, um, doing those things, even if gathering is home as it's appropriate and, 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 and using common sense. Uh, so, and then for our strategies for service, I just want to share this with you because, um, you know, depending on uh, what, what the laws of the land are asking us to do here in Philadelphia right now, they've just strongly encouraged that there won't be a certain uh, uh, gatherings over a certain amount of people. So it's been strongly encouraged. It hasn't been ordered not to do that. Many states have ordered that that doesn't happen. And so as a result, many churches couldn't gather together in the traditional way. Uh, so I, I want to show you our strategy for our church services. First off, we're going to have a clean and sanitized facility. We're going to make sure that that's one of the things that we're intentional about doing. I want to encourage you, if you don't have and are not signed up to our newsletter, it's a way of us communicating, keeping you informed of things. Sign up to our newsletter. You could do that through our app. Um, you know, Email our office. We can give you that information. I encourage you big time to download the app. Anybody, who, who, I, I don't know if I should even ask you to raise your hands with this because I just, I don't know if I want to know. But if you, I, I encourage you to have our app. We keep up-to-date information. With having that app, we're able to send you out notifications such as here's what we're doing this Sunday, here's who's coming this Sunday, and we're not blowing up your phone with a bunch of notifications, but there is information that gets to you that keeps you abreast to what's happening. And so download our app. There you can watch our live stream. There you can review some of our sermons. There you can sign up for different things. So we encourage you to download our app. It's free. It's free. So you're not paying anything. You're just downloading the app, and it's free, and it keeps you connected. And just stay connected through social media. So that's a strategy for our services. Depending on what's happening, these are the ways we're going to get that information out so that you can um, adjust and pivot with us. And then services, um, potentially, if services are, are they're asking that there would be um, a gathering no larger than a certain size, what we'll potentially do, and we will notify you before we do that, this is not happening next Sunday at this point, um, potentially what we do is we would have uh, two services, if we had to break it down to smaller uh, amount of people, and that uh, first service would be from 10 to 11.30, and we would ask everybody 
whose last name or in the family with their last name begins with M through A through M. Anybody who begins A through M, and hopefully that's not the majority of the church and everybody here, but A through M, we'll ask them to come to that first service. To that second service, we would ask them uh, 12 to 130, anybody whose name, last name begins with N through Z. Any of those? Is that all right? Uh, we, we all know how, what letter our last name begins with. Okay, we're good. So anyway, <clears throat> just playing with you guys. Um, that's a potential scenario. We just want to give you a heads up uh, if there is something that for some reason you don't get our information or you don't know or, or whatever um, that we might have to find ourselves in if they're saying um, that they're making it mandatory that uh, gatherings over this amount can't gather. So there's a lot of details that go into that, but just just just... Just be okay with that, all right? And then, um, and then lastly is if there's a possible live stream um, only, there, there might be a possible live stream only, and that's, that's like they're forbidding people to gather at all, like no matter whatever, they just don't want people to gather. If it comes to that case scenario, then we're still going to have church. We're not going to gather like this. I will be here with a few people who will be there, and they'll, they'll, they'll help with the live streaming and everything like that. It'll just be a few people here. And I will preach to that camera like you're in the room. I'll be preaching right to you, to that camera. And so you can bring that up, again, for free through our app, through our website, through social media. It'll all be out there for you to be able to um, absorb and get. Because I plan, there's no way that we cannot gather, even if it's something through how people are, many people are doing it now, and that's through live streaming and what have you. All right? So that's a little bit of the plan if it comes to that. And then I want to really say it's critical that you have push pay. Now, that's part of the app. It's there when, in the giving part, but it's critical that you have push pay. I don't know if a lot of you are just giving, fine, uh, if like a scenario happens like this and you want to give, but you usually give by cash. Um, that's, of course, when we're not together, that's going to be pretty impossible to do. Uh, so the push pay is the easiest, safest way to give. I believe the majority of people would give that way anyway. And so for us to continue to, you know, move forward and do what we do, it's, you know, we have opportunities to give in that way. So that's a little bit of the strategy. Hopefully we covered some of the things. This is stuff that I had to sit through this last Thursday when I was at another uh, bishop's church, and he was explaining it to his, <clears throat> he was explaining it to his church. And it was, it was so good because you're able to see a different, I was like, I was able to see a different hat than just the bishop hat. I was able to see leadership. And the leadership hat and how he led his people through this time, to me, is just, that's so valuable. It was just an educational and powerful experience just to see him lead them through the time that you can give these, like, these, these strategies but incorporate the word and the excitement of um, just what they're doing and how they plan to go about it. So, again, we're, we're using, we want to use common sense. But the church also has uncommon power. We're going to use common sense. We're going to sanitize. If you want to elbow bump, whatever your faith tells you to do, whatever your faith, I'm not going to hinder your faith. If you want to, if people want to high five, if they want to shake hands, and all, whatever your faith <clears throat> is, uh, allows you to do. However, use common sense and be wise and don't be reckless with stuff and, 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 be, and, and realize what people might be thinking around you. But we, we don't want to give in too much to the fear. We just want to use common sense. But I want to talk to you about this uncommon power. 
Because there is uncommon power that's available to us as a result of who our God is. Now, I was, I was kind of being hindered, and I know you can see it up here. I've got this, this bowl of water up here. And, and I was thinking of this series that we're on. You guys remember that? It's kind of like all out there. It's take your shoes off series. I'm like, how do I talk about take your shoes off in, in light of what's happening in the world right now? And I believe, again, God, it was so, as we'll see, it's, it's so strategic. It's, it, it's what God is actually saying to our church. He's talking about us having community and gathering. And wouldn't it be like the enemy that would try to prevent or distort what that looks like or keep us from even attempting to do it? So I'm going to go right in and I'm going to obey God, what the Spirit of God showed me about us and this word. And it's, I'm going to try to be really brief with this, but I do want to give it to you because I believe it's what God is saying. In John 13, 1 through 17, it says, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Isn't it interesting that at the, at the same time that there's this power that's being released on the earth through Jesus is the same time that the enemy is doing something and prompting and messing with Judas, messing with somebody in the family, one of the disciples. Son, so Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash his disciples' feet. That's unsanitary. <clears throat> Drying them with the towel he had around his waist. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will, you will never, ever wash my feet. Like he protested, it's like so unsanitary. This is something only servants do. You can get sick off of this. this is, I'm not going to have that. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you don't belong to me. Unless I wash you, you don't have no part of me, is another translation. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well. Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. You ever just want to kind of look around church whenever you read that scripture? It's like, who's here, Judas? <laughs> well, don't, don't. <clears throat> After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, 
and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are, no, are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Father God, we just take time. We already said, and I already said at, at any point, you come crashing in. Just move in the miraculous. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. Wreck us, God. We give you permission, for this is no ordinary Sunday, God. We have come in a time of history where many are unable to gather just like this. But here we are in Philadelphia. Here we are, March 15th, 2020. Here we are in the day where it's been declared the National Day of Prayer. Here we are in the midst of this word about communion and, and, com and com community and coming together. Here we are in the year, the Hebrew year, the year of the open mouth. God, this is the year that you said is the word of, uh, it's the year of provision. God, all these things are intersecting and we might not even understand like Peter, like what is happening? What are you doing? What are you up to? But I pray, Lord, right now that you would advance us in the spirit, that you would take over whatever it is that needs to be taken over and take whatever crown needs to be taken off of our head, remove whatever shoe that might be on our foot, remove it, Lord God, so that you can have full access to our mind and to our heart and so that we can move in what you're moving in and understand what you're saying and doing, God. Overtake us with your spirit, Lord God. May we have the antidote. May we have the... Uh, the, the remedy, may we possess the power of what it is to push back the enemy, his agenda, and his weapons through the weapons that you've given us that are not carnal, but are supernatural, Lord God, that their origins are found in heaven. And today, Lord God, let us find revelation in some of these practical things that you're showing us. Let us find your revelation. In other words, reveal your intention. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so, so I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. It's kind of like, you know, usually when you preach words like this, you might be thinking, oh, my God, is he going to wash all of our feet or somebody's feet? I want to share with you something and show you something that actually for the last month or so, God showed me, and I'm not going to get into the fullness of how I'm just going to give you a, a taste of it, and then we'll revisit it later on down the road. However, I think it has to do, and it's, it's something in this scripture and something in this time really stood out to me that I feel like I could share it with you, just a taste of it, so you can get what's going on. Of course, the recommendation has been to wash your hands more, right? That's been the recommendation uh, for what's happening right now. Wash, put your hands on the water more, and, and just wash your hands and do all that stuff. Coughing your arm is another one, but wash your hands. What God has been showing me and what I hoped that you will get in your spirit is that whenever water is being highlighted, whenever water in the scripture or water in, in, in time is being emphasized and being highlighted, it's communicating there's a transition coming. Whenever 
water shows up and it's doing something or you have to do something with it, there's a transition that's, that's coming. Come on, come on. Some of you guys are students of the Bible. This is real easy. All you got to do is you got to go back a little bit. All you got to do is think of, well, that makes me think of, oh, when Moses was taking the children of Israel across some water. That meant a transition was coming from slavery to worshipers. But that was not the only transition. He had transitioned them with Moses and Joshua. There had to be a Moses is dead, and now there's a moving across the Jordan, and it's water that needs to be moved through because it was communicating transition. When, when, when water failed to come from the sky, it was like, no, there's no transition. I, you guys are stuck in time. But when Elijah would pray that the water would come, now it's like a transition has come. I, I, I mean, I could keep going. There was a transition with Jesus when he got baptized. And when he gets baptized by John the Baptist, he comes out of, there's a transition that's coming. Uh, he doesn't even perform a miracle until he performs a miracle at the a wedding of Cana. And the first miracle that he is, uh, that Jesus is bringing is turning what? Into wine. Turning water into wine. Come on. Whenever water shows up, there's a transition. He was transitioning into ministry. So whenever water shows up, y'all. Whenever something's happening with water, transition is coming. Uh, the main thing I was going to emphasize and talk about when, and I'll, I'll come to this later, but there was a man that was a paralytic that was at the pool of Bethesda, and he talked about how Jesus was questioning him, uh, how you doing here, and, 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 and mostly that. And he said, well, you know, I'm here, I've been here for 38 years. And whenever, I, I, I haven't been healed because whenever the angel comes to trouble the Waters. Whenever the waters are troubled. So whenever, he said, whenever the waters are troubled, I haven't been able to transition. I haven't been able to get and be a part of that. And because of that, I'm not healed. So the waters are being troubled, y'all. That's what I'm trying to say. The waters are being troubled. Jesus wanted to teach his disciples something. Let's go across some water. Then the storms would come because he was transitioning them to a different mindset. Peter in the boat, and now the storm, and Jesus walking across the water. And then Peter said, come, come, he's like, come out of the boat, because there's a, whenever water shows up, and whenever the waters are troubled, there's a transition that's coming. So, so, so in this scenario, here is Jesus, and he is bringing out a water basin. It says that Jesus says, he says this, he says, listen, um, he, he understands the enemy is going to do what he's going to do. He understands that he's given all power and authority. And the first thing he does is like, okay, I need to get some water because I need to transition these guys because I'm about to go into this new thing and next thing. There was even a transition in Gethsemane. I'll keep going for a little bit. In Gethsemane, there was a, there was a transition. It says that he was sweating and he was crying and there was uh, sweat like blood came down from his head. Because Jesus was about to transition. He's about to transition. Before Jesus, you look at the cross, and there was, there was things he was trying to get a drink. So there was, there was a transition. That's what I'm saying. Every time water is troubled, there's a transition that's about to come. So he brings this water out, and he it presents it before the disciples, and he proceeds to do the job of a servant, and he begins to wash their feet. Jesus is is basically by doing this and setting this up, he's sizing up his disciples. He's sizing them up. 
He's getting them ready for a transition, and he's, he's seeing how they're going to react to the transition. He's seeing what, how they're going to react to the troubled waters. He had to do it a couple times. Take them through troubled waters to teach them and put on them a new mindset. Because whenever a transition is coming, and whenever the, whenever the waters are being troubled, it's basically to bring us over, but he can't bring us over when we have an old crown, when we have an old mindset. There's certain things he has to deal with so he can crown us with a new crown, a new way of thinking. Are you following me? And so Peter was the one that kind of spoke up a little bit and showed that he didn't want this kind of interaction with Jesus. Like, okay, you're getting a little too close here. You're getting too little up close and personal. Now you kind of know my stuff and, and all that stuff. You ever come kind of... Again, going into a house, in certain people's house, they'll ask you to take off your shoes because they want you to be comfortable or they don't want you walking on the white carpet. But usually it's just because they want you to be comfortable. So they, they, you're able to come in and you're able to kind of transition from just like work mode and, and like hustle and bustle mode into more of a, I'm here, I'm comfortable, I'm relaxed. But whenever you take off your shoes, you're actually vulnerable too. Right? People are going to know you in a new way. Whether you like to match things or not, like your socks, whether you have a funky comadina growing in <laughs> Well, you know, you just, you just got these. They, they get to know you a certain way. They get to, like, they, 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 now, now they sense you in a different way. And so that's, that's, it's a transition. You're vulnerable to some things. People kind of know your stuff. And especially in that time, there wasn't really socks. It was just sandals. And it's like bare feet. And so it's the dirt. It's the manure. It's the junk that the disciples have walked on throughout the day that now Jesus is getting up close and intimate with that unsanitized situation. All up in their mess. All up in their dirt. All up in their stuff. And Jesus is letting Peter know that the only way we can be close is if you can be vulnerable with me. And in this vulnerability, I'm bringing you into something bigger and more. I'm bringing you into community. Because you're not going to be able to belong to me if you're not able to be vulnerable with me. So I'm making you comfortable. That's the way of Jesus. He's like, he makes the comfortable, they're at ease. And it's like, man... Things are good. We just had a meal. Things are good. But can Jesus get vulnerable with you? Or can you get vulnerable with Jesus? Can you show him some of those fears and those anxieties and those addictions? and those? See, Jesus is not repulsed by it. Jesus says this is the only way we can connect. If you allow me to move towards that darkness and that dirt and that, and that anxiety and that fear and that unsanitized parts of your life, if I can move towards that and if I can wash that and minister to that and heal that, then you belong. Then we're connected. Then we'll know each other. And you'll know me and I'll know you in a way that bonds us forever. You cannot get close to people with your shoes still on. You're not going to be able to connect. And so many people come in and out of church and they refuse to take their shoes off. They refuse. They, they like it. They're comfortable. They enjoy the children's program. They might like the, the, the singing and different parts of it. They might like the aesthetics of it all. And like it doesn't look like traditional church. But are they willing to be vulnerable? Because if you're not willing to be vulnerable with Jesus and connect with each other, then there's a sense that 
you're not going to feel like you fit. It's like, why don't I fit? It's because you haven't been vulnerable. You haven't let Jesus get vulnerable with you. You haven't looked at those fears and those trust issues and those authority issues and all those different things. He gets close to those things. He ministers to that. He takes, he, if you give him access, what Jesus does is he takes away something so he can put something on you. He puts on you a new thinking. He puts on you a new mindset. He puts on you all those things. You might not understand it yet, how that closeness can result in that. It's because you're keeping your shoes on. And your shoes are these barriers between you and other people. It's these barriers between you and God. We know, we know how much we love God by how we love each other, right? One another. It's almost like, no, I love God. I just don't can't stand his people. And God is like, you haven't been vulnerable enough. You still have your shoes on. You haven't been washed away your perspective about things. You haven't let me minister to wounds and areas of that you could be vulnerable because if you let me do that, then you'll be able to do that for other people. You, 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 you're not going to try to be Lord of your life. You're not going to try to protect yourself uh, uh, behind this facade. You're not going to have these shoes on and make it look like you're, you're all good. It's like, no, you're, you're vulnerable, but you're part of a community. And the community you're part of are powerful healers that are selfless servants. Powerful, anointed healers that are selfless servants. So it's that he's trying to give them the antidote, right? It's a belief system that if they go forward with Jesus, if they make the transition and they don't know what it is to selflessly serve and they come into this awesome power and anointing that he's about to give them, they're going to use it all for themselves. They're going to be selfish with it. So he has to demonstrate, like, look what, look what I do with my talent. Look what I do with my authority. As soon as Jesus gets anointed and has power and authority over all things, he puts a towel on. That's a different type of thinking, right? I can put it on my head. Different type of thinking. That's a servant thinking. It's like I'm not using this anointing to show off to other people, but I'm using this anointing to serve other people. I've been empowered to heal, to get at the dirt issues and all that stuff, that's what he shows that I'm using my ability and my anointing to do that. Are we a part of the community? Are we a part of the community of faith? Do we belong to Jesus? Are we a part of him? How will we know? The way we serve one another, the way we serve the hurting, the way we serve those who are you know, like in fear, the way we move towards chaos and dirt. You know, our, our church's name is In the Light. So when all this stuff was happening, it's like, well, let's go back to Genesis 1. Everything was chaotic and formless and void. What do, what do we do whenever there's chaos and formless and void? Do we hide or do we show up? We're in the light. We show up whenever there's chaos and darkness. It's the word that God, it's kind of part of our DNA. It's part of our identity. We could have been called something else as a church, but we're in the light. So we, whenever there's darkness, it's like, yes, that's why we exist. There's dirt. Amen. That's why we exist because we're like, we, we've been made in his image. We've been crafted out of the dirt so we know how to craft some things out of the dirt. And whatever the enemy intends for evil, we know how to turn it for good. And we're, 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 that's our DNA. That's us. That's us. And so we, 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 there's this epidemic that's happening that was happening even before this CV virus that was happening. Do you know what the epidemic was called? It was called loneliness. 
they were, they were doing studies on this, and it's this loneliness, how lonely people are. People are lonely. They're more connected than ever when it comes to their phones and their computers, but there's a reality that it just doesn't do the same thing as when you're connecting, when you're, you're seeing people, when you're talking to them, when you're, the ability to be vulnerable. We know we're putting up our best of ourselves when we're up on social media. We're not putting up worse. Some of us do. I don't know why we're trying to argue with people and just trying to like this situation. But anyway, but like we're not really being vulnerable and, and being able to see, see who you are and where you're at. So people are lonely. It's causing mental health. It talks about this mental health that, that, that more people are older. It's the loneliness that's causing different type of uh, heart disease, different types of uh, sickness of the mind. It's, it's stemming from loneliness. They actually were calling it an epidemic. We have a, a loneliness epidemic. And they said the, how important it was that, listen to this. It said it's so important that people connect and gather. I was just listening to that on the way up to Baltimore. I was listening to this podcast. I was talking about it through this uh, podcast called Freakonomics. Talked about the epidemic of loneliness and what's happening, the psychology behind it, and how many people suffer from it, and how it's worse than 15 cigarettes a day. Loneliness and how it's eating at people and killing people and hurting people because they're not close to anyone or anything. We, we as a community, are called to be people that are Christ-like. And as a community, we're called to say, Jesus, what do you want to clean up? What do you want to wipe off? What do you want to get rid of? What what's, have I been walking in that has caused a certain type of thinking to be on me? And when you give him access to that, he begins to wipe it clean, minister to those places, and he gives you access and puts something else on your head. He puts something. He crowns you with the right kind of thinking towards the situation. He crowns you with the ability to be able to trust, the ability to be able to see the best out of a situation and not be so pessimistic. He crowns you with overcomer type of thinking that you're not a victim, that everything is not fair because of all the things that happened to you. He, take, he wipes away all that dirt of that orphan's mentality that you're a victim. And he crowns you with, no, I got favor. I, I'm clothed with favor. I'm clothed with love. I belong. I'm connected. And, and, and with that, it's a, just a new, it's a new understanding. It's a new outlook of life. And you don't feel so alone. Now you're finally connected to the one who promises never to leave or forsake you. And that closeness gives you a certain, certain swag. It gives you a certain, out, I mean, I'm telling you, you, you walk around and you look around and you do things that you wouldn't normally do. Like, Tell somebody else, hey, can I wash that off? Can I hear more about your story? Can I just maybe sit here a while and just be in your dirt and be in your mess? And we could do that with this confidence that we have a solution. That we have a towel, that we have an anointing, that we have a capacity inside of us to help them in those places where they're being vulnerable with and bring them into a community. I don't want to be one of those churches that we just come in and out and we're just comfortable, but we're not really connected. That we actually know each other's story, find out each other's story, let God minister to us so that we can minister to others. What are we doing if we're not doing that, right? 
You can end up being in a crowd like this, and the worst part is you still feel alone. And that's why a lot of people end up leaving churches is because they come in here and they're saying there's a community, but then they're experiencing the people and nobody took off their shoes. And nobody's willing to move towards their dirt and towards their stuff and talk about them and their situation. And where they're at, they don't know how to do that. So there's never a community, there's never connectedness. We are inviting people into your world but you first have to be able to enter into their world instead of just waiting for them to enter into yours. And this is what Jesus does. He enters right into the world. And like I said, we are a community, and he was sharing that if you're going to belong to this, well, we are disciples. Everybody I wash the feet, you got to put on a different mindset because we don't lord over people. The crowns that we wear put us below people, put us below people so that we can serve them. So that we, 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 don't, we don't use that as a badge of pride or I don't have to do anything, a position or title that you don't, I'm untouchable. That we move towards the least and the least of these, the, the hurting, the sick, the broken. Jesus didn't forget that when he was about to risk his life. He's about to go to the cross and he does not forget that. That that's why he's been anointed and that's why he's here. That's why he came. It goes back to when Luke, he stood up and he said, the spirit of God is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good news, to bind up the brokenhearted. He goes through all this stuff, and it's like this bold statement, and we love to, like, that statement, right? When it's said, it's like, dang, Jesus, you're just roaring. You're just going up there, and you're just dropping a bomb on these guys, and let them know how anointed you are. But anointed to, to do what? To minister to those who are broken, to those who are sick, to those who are blind. And here Jesus is in this place where he's being anointed, and he doesn't forget it at that moment. If anything, he brings up a towel and says, this is what what it means to be anointed like that. I move towards your dirt. I move towards those shoes that are not on your feet. I move towards those things, and I'm, I move towards those places where you're willing to be vulnerable. Bringing you and proclaiming the, the year of the Lord's favor, but before the favor, I might have to clean some feet. I might need to heal some eyes. I might um, help people for some deaf ears. And he's willing to do that. That's the community, guys that we're part of. We're called to be selfless servants. We've been built for times like this, times where it's dirty and it's chaotic and it's messy and we don't know what's going on. We've been built for times like this. The community around us doesn't need us to isolate. It doesn't need us to run into our homes and never see the light of day. It doesn't need us to be stuck on our phones and all these other things, looking up the news. That's not the community. We need to grab a towel. We need to get the waters troubled. Wash our hands. Practically, wash your hands, but go out there after your hands and the water has been troubled and go and work that and go and minister that and go bless other people and help them transition into a place of healing and health. Can you say amen in this place? We need to connect with them, not afraid of the modern day leper. In the Old Testament, we ran from lepers and condemned lepers. But in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, Jesus goes towards them. Heaven moves towards those areas because we've been anointed for this. We've been anointed for community. So what I want to encourage is that 
even this week, I, I, one of the strategies there was about community service. I want us to begin to pray and discern how we can begin to serve the community. I want us to, there's people here that might be out of work. I want to encourage you to show up at church during the week and say, I'm here to volunteer my services. There's some kids here that you don't have to go to school because school is shut down. I want you to encourage your kids to come to church. Let's find something that we could do together. Let's go around the community and find out what's, what are their needs, what's happening. Now, there's food programs that are happening out there and different things, but let's find out if there's a way that we can move towards the needs of the people. Maybe there's people that just need prayer, and you'd be surprised how many people need prayer, and that's probably the most beneficial and powerful thing that we possess. Silver and gold I might not have not, but uh, this I do have, get up and walk, right? So we can, we can begin to minister and proclaim in a time where people are afraid and probably looking out their, their shade, like everybody's a Jehovah Witness, and like just looking out, sorry if you're, you, you came from that, sorry, but just like looking out and like making sure, like who are you and what are you doing here? And that we can just move towards the community towards the people in this area, that we can show that we know we're anointed to do something about what's happening, that we can move towards needs and wash people's feet, and not only people in the community, but people around us, people in this church that are so alone. They just come in and out, and there's nobody yet who's offering. It's like you're thinking, well, why don't they make themselves vulnerable? Why don't you make yourself available? Make yourself available to people that you don't normally talk to. See, the devil wants us isolated. He doesn't want us to gather. He wants us to break off a community. Let's not give him what he wants. Let's not give him what. Nah, we've been anointed for so much more. We, we, we're we're going to bring people into community and whatever that looks like. And I just want to encourage you. This week, that's practical stuff, guys, is that if there's a community service acts that we can do during these uncertain times, let's see if parents, let's see if kids, we can gather together. Don't stay at home and catch up on and binge Netflix and, and do all these things you wanted to do and, and then, you know, waste toilet paper fast. <laughs> Just seeing if you're still awake. This, this, this is a time to fast. It's the time to pray. It's the time to do something that we can't do any other time we are in a, we're in a moment where Goliath is shouting. Yes. He is shouting. Do we want to be all those, like, one of the brothers and sisters that are at the front line saying, I ain't going nowhere. It's like, I'm going to step up to, uh, to Goliath. That it, he's basically a voice of fear that will punk in the people of God. Isn't there a bully spirit that wants to just keep you at home? And sometimes the bully spirit happens in the church. Wasn't that what was happening with the, um, David's brothers? They're like, why are you here? You're so prideful. And we might get that from our brothers and sisters in church. Just because you're afraid to fight, because you're letting fear cause you to panic, doesn't mean I'm going to let that panic demon get on me. Sometimes you're like, okay, I know who I can not hang out with. Just, just show me where the giant is and show me where some rocks are, right? I wonder what we would do. And where did he find the rocks? In the brook, in the water. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Subscribe to our podcast and social media outlets to be kept up to date with everything going on 